be reading from 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. All who have this hope in Him purify themselves just as He is pure. I'll be reading Zephaniah chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. On that day, the announcement to Jerusalem will be, Cheer up, Zion. Don't be afraid. For the Lord your God is living among you. He is a mighty Savior. He will take delight in you with gladness. With his love, he will calm all your fears. He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. We join with God in rejoicing over these graduates. Amen. We join with God in rejoicing over these kids who had the bravery for the first time in over a year to come down here and put their gifts in this. Amen. And I want to say that I rejoice over you as a congregation who would invest your time uh, on this very special day as we remember Christ our Savior and as we see the way that his blessing has been poured out in all our lives that we would choose to be vessels of that blessing in the lives of these young people. Amen and amen. It's been a great day to be here. God rejoicing over us is a beautiful image. It's something that may be so beautiful that it's just kind of like out there beyond the realm of touching. It is one of those things that we think, yeah, sure, the Bible says that, but I know me and he can't be rejoicing over me. I'm not good enough. I'm not fit enough. I am not everything he would want, us, want me to be. Zephaniah writes those words, and those words actually come up in several places. We'll look at one more that it comes up before we're done in, in, with our service. But it isn't ever at a time when God's people have worked everything out such that they themselves can bring in the kingdom of God. It is God saying, turn to me and I rejoice over you. I know you're broken. I know you're less than everything you want to be. But I rejoice every single time you turn to me. Amen? Jesus tells the parable when he is uh, on earth of, of the father and the lost son. The son who goes off and, as, as they say, squandered his inheritance on riotous living. That's where the King James really kind of comes in handy. But when he comes down that road, it isn't a father who waits. And again, this so often is our picture of God, isn't it? Kind of, mm-hmm. I knew you'd be back, uh-huh. It is the scene of a father who runs to greet him and rejoices over him in ways that the son is uncomfortable accepting, isn't it? It is the reality of who God is, not about the God that we have sort of uh, decided to follow and do everything that he wants us to do. It is about who God is. I don't know, have you been blessed by the song service today? Hasn't it had an extra meaning and an extra... So often, the songs are selected as... Uh, Randy and I 
pray over what we're going to be uh, studying, others that join in that process, and we, we ask the Spirit to kind of guide us. This is a much riskier thing. We ask these grads, what are your songs that are, are dearest to your heart? And so if you've been touched today by the worship and song, it is because these seniors have led us in worship today by selecting those songs. Amen? We recognize that opening song, that song that says stronger, right? God rejoices over us, not because we're good enough to put everything away. We rejo God rejoices over us because he is strong enough to defeat sin in our lives, and he chooses to rejoice over us. Amen? We come together around a song that says, How marvelous your mercy and part of that mercy, again, so often our picture of God, and we, we get this wrong all the time, that God's mercy is sort of like, well, I'll give you a little bit of mercy today. God wants to pour it out. I would say the only thing that restricts the mercy that God wants to pour into our lives is how much we open our lives up and say, God, I need your mercy. Amen? He rejoices over us exactly where we are. I ask you, did you hear the words of 1 John? You are children of God, and what you will be has not been completely revealed, but we know, and isn't this just beyond our grasp, to say that we will be like Christ when it all comes together. And the words from Zephaniah, that God would choose to rejoice over us, his children. It's one thing to hear it, but it's quite another thing to really hear it, isn't it? It's one thing to kind of say, oh, seniors, you've got your new Bible, right? You've, you've got the Word of God, right? And it can probably be really good at holding up over other books because it's nice and thick and you can put it on the shelf and it holds those up. Or you can pick it up and you can read it and say, hmm, okay, good, I've, I've done that for today, I'll now put that aside. Or you can decide to hear it, to let it speak into your life, and let the realities that it speaks be greater and stronger than the reality that the world wants to talk about. That's not a short process, is it? I've been working at this for 57 years, and I'm still trying to let it sink in a little bit more. But I come every day to say, God, I want to hear your reality, and I want it to change my heart. It is these words that God speaks over all of us. But I want to say especially, Taylor, Garrett, Preston, Jacob, and J.B., Uh, Ryan, I can't tell you how much I was touched by what you said about the Lord's Supper and the way it's been with us and the way it will be with us. And if, and if Satan can kind of jump in and say, you know, no, you're not worthy of that love, then he can pull us away, can't he? If we can let the word of God and the statement that he wants to rejoice over us 
that his desire in our relationship is not a taskmaster that says it's not good enough, but says, I'm ready to jump into rejoicing over you. If we can let that be the core center reality of God's love in our life, Satan doesn't stand a chance. Amen, church? And is that just a truth for these seniors we've got here today, or is it a truth for every single one of us? We are called to recognize, to hear, to hear in a way that changes our heart and mind so that all the things that the world's going to try to throw at you to fool you and to try and drag you down and to try and replace your heart that God wants to give you and has given you with a heart of selfishness and a heart of hatred and a heart that is hardened by the world, if those things that God says can be greater, then Satan doesn't stand a chance. We've been spending several weeks, three weeks, in Romans chapter 8, such powerful words about the way the Spirit is going to make a new reality come about in our lives, that we don't have to be slaves to sin anymore because we are slaves of righteousness and we belong to the Spirit and we're filled with the Spirit and He's working in our lives and that that reality, that yes of God in the Spirit creates a scenario where there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. It creates a scenario where we say, Nothing can stand between me and God's love. There is nothing that can keep Jesus from pouring his love into us. But in reality, God's yes has to be received by our welcome God. Come Holy Spirit. Come Jesus, fill me. Come word of God, be part of who I am. I want to reflect we hear the sound of God's rejoicings over us. Do you hear it? Maybe as you sang one of the songs this morning, you, you reflected that I'm not only singing to God, but God is singing to me. That the Holy Spirit is letting you hear His voice rejoicing over you. And the question is, how do we respond? I want to mention three things. And I may mention them particularly for the grads that we're speaking blessings over today, but make no mistakes, these are things that I need to do in my life and that all of us need to be engaged in in our lives. First of all, to celebrate God's rejoicing and, and again, hear the way that works. God rejoices over us and we celebrate in it. We want to say yes. We want to say yes to God's yes and make it part of us. So first of all, I want to ask the question, are you listening to God? Now, we're really good at telling God what we want, right? But are we really listening to God? And I realize that prayer becomes this place of conversation, amen? But I want to actually point us a little different direction. I want to ask, are you listening to God? Now, again, if all I do is pull it off the shelf and say, Okay, God, surely you have something nice to say to me today. We may hear one thing, but we probably won't hear everything the Lord has to say to us. But when our life gets involved in the process 
of knowing what God wanted us to hear from beginning to the very, very end. And I would say particularly those four books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, called the gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ. When those words become intimate in our hearts, such that almost as people are talking around us and we hear them say things, we hear Jesus speaking through his word into those situations. Oh, I can't stand those people. They bother this. They're not good enough for that. And Jesus says, love your neighbor. Love your neighbor because that fulfills what God wants in your life. Listen to God. Secondly, this is, this is where Satan maybe works so incredibly effectively. Have you ever been in a relationship with somebody and, and you've messed up in that relationship and you're not sure they want to hear from you anymore? Have you ever been in that place? And Satan can say, God doesn't want to hear from you. He knows what you've done. And there can be nothing, absolutely nothing further from the truth. Because what does God do over you? Church, what does God do over you? He rejoices over you. And that, that, that image of the son running down the road, right? The son walking down the road and the father running out to him. That's not a father who doesn't want to hear from a son. That's a father who longs to hear. And you don't have to come up with all the right words, do you? Because mostly what you need to do is fall in his arms and say, Father, Abba, Father, my, my loved one. Have you spoken your heart with God? Speaking your heart to God. Never ever thinking he's too far away to hear. Never ever thinking that he doesn't want to hear your voice. There may be very few things that he rejoices more over than the next time he hears you say, Father. Finally, so often we might think of it in terms of to celebrate God's rejoicing on us, we better get everything straight in our lives. We better get our heart right and our attitudes right, and we better get our actions right, and we better clean up our language. We better not put that stuff on the computer that sometimes winds up there. We better not listen to that stuff that's coming over our, our AirPods uh, that, that God wouldn't want to be there. We think we've got to get everything straight for God. But that will never be the reality of what God is looking for, is it? Because ultimately what God is looking for is don't let go. Can you say that with me? Don't let go. He recognizes the frailty of our flesh. Jesus put it on and said, this is tough. He got to the Garden of Gethsemane and said, Father, if anything else can go on, please. Now, Jesus did it right. Amen? But what he wants, above all else, is that we're never going to let go of him. I love the way Ryan said this. Wherever any of us go in our life, when Sunday morning comes around, there's going to be a place where the bread and the cup is available to us all. Amen? It may be that you're alone in that place 
and it's just you and whatever you can come up with for those elements. But it is there, and God wants to meet us there. Amen? Never let go. Never let go. And ultimately, never let go. Because guess who's never really going to let go of you? Ever. No matter what. Right at the end of the book of Romans, he does a bunch of greetings, and then he does this quick little last teaching section. I would like for these words to ring in your ears as I close out today. Romans chapter 16, I'm going to start with verse 17. And now I make one more appeal, my dear brothers and sisters. Watch out for people who cause divisions and upset people's faith by teaching things contrary to what you have been taught. Stay away from them. Such people are not serving Christ our Lord. They are serving their own personal interest by smooth talk and glowing words. As I know that this has been true in the world for as long as people have been here, but it just seems that there are so many messages that want to point you away from the realities of the God who created everything that we know. Thy smooth talk and glowing words, they deceive innocent people. And then he closes with this blessing, and I speak these words over you guys particularly. But everyone knows that you're obedient to the Lord. And this causes me, if I can say so, to join God in rejoicing over you. I want you to be wise in doing right. And stay innocent in any wrong. And here's his promise. Not because you're good enough. Not because I'm good enough. Not because this church gets its act together in a greater and greater way. But because God is who he is. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. And I hope the church says amen to that. And may the grace of the Lord Jesus be with you both now and forevermore. God rejoices over you, church. The question is, will you celebrate that rejoicing with him? Will you believe what he says rather than what Satan says? Will you allow his reality to become the reality of your heart? I would invite you at this time, we're going to sing a song of invitation, and anyone is welcome to come and say, I need you, the church, to pray for me so that I can let that Rejoicing word of God be greater than the condemning word of Satan. If you're online with us, or in reality, if you just would prefer to start that conversation in a more private way, there's a number there that you can use and send a message. We will respond and start that conversation. And that number's available. Let's see. Every hour of every day and every day of every week, you can reach out. We'd love to be in that conversation. Are we thankful for what God's done today? Amen. I want to invite you to celebrate his rejoicing over you by standing and singing this song and celebrating with God. I am a sheep and the Lord.